If you hate anxiety as much as I do, then you are in the right place. Welcome to the I Hate Anxiety podcast and your host, Larry Quicksall. Larry is a mental health therapist who has spent the past 30 years helping people improve the quality of their lives. And today, he wants to help you get rid of the anxiety in your life. So without any further ado, here's Larry. Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining me for the I Hate Anxiety podcast. Brought to you today by Crossroads Innovative Trainings at citrainings.com. Today I'd like to talk about anxiety and anger. Now anxiety can come out in a variety of different ways. It can come out as fear or dread, um, you know, the, the desire to avoid things because of uncomfortableness, how the physical feelings are. The, when you look at, and if you listen to other podcasts, the difference between, you know, like whenever I was on the, the podcast talking about the difference between stress and anxiety, stress is our body and mind's reaction to change, where anxiety ties into the physiological reactions of the sympathetic nervous system driven by adrenaline. Well, when we look at anxiety uh, with the kind that relates to anger, that's a component of it. It's more tied into the physiological reactions than it is the sense of stress. And there's three points I want to bring out about this type of pairing up of anxiety and anger. And the first is anger is considered a secondary emotion to fear. Uh, Fear is one of the primary emotions. And a a primary one, think of it as like the base level, the bottom rung of a ladder. Anger is a step up. There's a lot of people who make the point that you don't have anger without a base level of fear, which ties into then the concept of anxiety being a part of anger. The anger is how we react to that fear. If we react to a fear where we don't believe we can do anything about it, it's going to happen, it's going to bowl us over, we're going to be overwhelmed, then our reaction may be uh, far from what anger is. But if we believe that we can, uh, that it's a threat, that we can do something about it, and especially if we have had experience either watching other people do it or some previous experience ourselves, where we use anger as a way to intimidate or to manipulate our way to get through those kind of situations, then that's where anger is often used uh, or can often be connected with anxiety. So again, the first thing is, it's a set, the anger and anxiety can be a secondary reaction to fear. The second part that often comes along and is not just in the moment of anger, but often is a belief of people whose anxiety comes out as anger, is that the world around them is a threat. That there's very few safe places, that there's very few safe people, even though they may actually be there, they don't perceive it that way. Their interpretation is, everything around me is a hassle. You know, Murphy's Law, what can go wrong will go wrong. 
that people are trying to mess with them, uh, just a variety of different kinds of phrases that leads to, that, that points back to a belief that the world around you is a threat. Well, how do you handle threats? That ties back into the concept of anger and anger being an anxiety reaction. The third, and this is what can make it scary for the person afterwards or scary for the people that experience an anger-anxiety reaction, is that because of the activation of the sympathetic nervous system, because you have the adrenaline flowing through the veins, because you have this buildup of, you know, in essence, chemical energy and muscle tissue, uh, the... The, there is a like a laser focus of all that energy on the perceived threat. There is no balanced addressing of the threat of the perceived threat. It is a laser focus of all the energy of that sympathetic nervous reaction. So what does that look like? It may be, you know, early on you start to see the person getting, you know, as they're getting upset, they're getting very quiet, but you can see in their facial muscles, in their body posturing, things seem to be tensing up because the adrenaline has been released and they're, it's like they're trying to hold still and hold it back. They're trying to hold back a wall of water. That's, that's getting ready to flood out. The, the, as, as the pressure builds up, there's often that, that crack, that, you know, kind of like a crack in a dam that starts to form. That trigger, that specific trigger that then unleashes that, that pent-up energy in a focus on what it is that they have as the perceived threat. So maybe that perceived threat is they're work let's say they're they're sitting at home and they're they're working on a work project on the computer. And they've got a deadline. So there's automatically some anxiety. There, you know, maybe the deadline is the project is due or a class assignment is due if the person is a student. And they're 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 seeing this as a threat. They're trying to get it done. And then all of a sudden the computer acts like a computer and it hangs up. Or it you get the blue screen of death and it shuts down. Or the uh, it, all of a sudden there's a quirk and the program shuts down and you realize you hadn't saved it. That may be the trigger that takes all that built up sympathetic nervous system energy and now the focus is on the computer and what happens maybe the computer gets thrown across the room or if you're using a tablet it gets flung or it gets smashed why did they really hate the computer probably not they were frustrated with a situation but it was there was all this built up anxiety reaction pressure behind it now, I'm not saying this is the reason why all people behave that way. There's, there's a host of different ones, but I'm talking about whenever you've got the anxiety and the anger together. This is, some of the, this is kind of how it can take place. Let's say, for example, you've got a teenager that struggles with anxiety. And 
there's there's something they're wanting to do and whether it's a teacher or whether it's a parent or whoever it is is telling them no is putting up a roadblock then you have all that pent-up sympathetic nervous system energy because of the perception of a threat and here comes that trigger and it winds up getting unleashed you know there was a a person a a veteran that i worked with who had a lot of combat trauma actually there's been there's several that that come to mind now as i describe this story and they're distressed they're having the symptoms of ptsd they're and so a lot of times they may self-medicate by using alcohol and so they go to a bar they're sitting there quiet they're surrounded by a crowd that they perceive as a threat but they're desperate to try to find something that will calm down their sympathetic nervous system and they don't know any ways other than the use of a chemical and then comes a trigger there's somebody that they perceive as being a threat or challenging them and the one particular situation I'm thinking of is the person looked across the bar and they saw a drunk who was actually just doing that thousand mile stare lost in their own thoughts and memories whatever brought them to the bar to get drunk that night but this particular person saw them perceived them as a threat because they're trying to stare me down they're challenging me all of a sudden now you've got the trigger you've got all this pent-up energy you have the laser focus on this individual he goes over to that side of the bar the person doesn't even see him walking up to him and he bashes him in the face breaking his jaw that's how that can you know how that anger and anxiety can come out Again, the thought popping into my head right now is is kind of like the the Marvel char- comic book character of the Incredible Hulk. You know, it's not quite the sympathetic nervous system because you know it's a it's a superheroes comic. There has to be something mixed in, you know, you know, with the gamma radiation. But it's basically that idea that Bruce Bannister uh, has pent-up anger and he's able to control it until something trips that trigger and then it comes out as a laser focus as the incredible hulk in the uh avengers movie the first avengers movie the uh the the comment that he makes uh uh you know the just before the big battle scene near the end of the movie um the the I can't remember the exact words, but it was something to the effect of, you know, that's that's the the key. I'm always angry, and that's that's where you when you see people that have a lot of anxiety and a lot of anger reactions, that perception of the world is a threat coupled with the the built up anxiety on a regular basis. That's where that comes out. So. If you struggle with anxiety and anger together, this seems to be kind of the steps that take place. And as you know, and I'm sure as I'm as I'm talking here, you're kind of thinking about it and, and how that applies to you. The key thing is, in order to have success with the anger and the anxiety, is really going to be kind of a twofold process. One is 
you got to change how you perceive the world. You got to change how you perceive situations. Are you believing it's a threat out of habit or is it actually a threat? And if it is a threat, to what extent is it a threat? Because we can talk ourselves into taking a molehill and turning it into a mountain, right? I mean, that's an easy thing we can all do. Is that possibly part of what's going on? Or maybe it was a threat in the past, but it's not really anymore. And now we're just doing it because it's a long-standing habit. So what's going to be most successful? We have to make those beliefs accurate, not make them bigger or more threatening than what they actually are. They may be similar to another threat, but just because it's similar, does that truly make it a threat? And then the, the, the second step is, it's the activation of the parasympathetic nervous system. That's our, our calming down system. That's our what they call the rest and digest system. And there's various things we can do. One of the simple things is to practice regular deep breathing. There's a few other ones that you know I'd like to get uh, uh, share with you in a in a future podcast or do maybe a a, a, a seminar workshop uh, where I demonstrate the different ones and and we kind of practice it during the the webinar. But you've the the sympath the the parasympathetic counters the sympathetic. It calms you down. And what happens with anxiety is we spend an awful lot of time living with the sympathetic nervous system always on in the background. And we got to get it turned off by putting our focus and our energy on the parasympathetic, getting ourselves calm, not, not experiencing the adrenaline. I know a lot of you are saying, yeah, I really don't like experiencing the adrenaline. How do I, you know, how do I deal with that? Well, Keep listening. We'll be having you know more and more education uh, through the the podcast on that topic. So we uh, oh goodness we are about out of our time. So I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope this has been helpful. Uh, if you uh, go out to the Facebook page for the I Hate Anxiety podcast, uh, feel free to leave a comment or a question. I'd love to hear from you and be able to uh, take your your thoughts or your questions and, and turn them into a podcast so I can more directly interact with you. So anyway, that's all I've got for today. I look forward to seeing you next time. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. I hope you found some golden nuggets that you can use to make your life better. The I Hate Anxiety podcast is for educational purposes only, and while I am a therapist, this podcast is not counseling or therapy. If you need either counseling or therapy, please seek out the services of a licensed professional in your area. And if you are in crisis, call the Crisis Call Center at 1-800-273-8255 or dial 911 or go to your local emergency room.